0: This is the Ned Group Investments podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up to date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Now from printing money to an equally relevant topic, which is one around emerging markets. We are now joined by Ian Beatty. He is a Chief Investment Officer at Ennis Partners, and he's responsible for managing the Net Group Investments Global Emerging Market Fund. Over to you, Ian. Thanks, Tommy. Good morning, everyone. Now, 18 months ago, all everyone wanted to talk about, to me anyway, seemed to be about Tencent, Alibaba, and China. And six to nine months ago, I was arguing with other fund managers that the market moves, as we all know, that's a euphemism for share price falls, in their beloved after-school tutoring stocks was not irrational. Now everyone is telling me China is toxic and how that means there's nothing else worth talking about. Well, there is uncertainty about some new China policies and their implementation, and there's a great interview of professor michael pettis on here that i'm going to recommend but in the short time i have available i want to show you some other things that we've been investing in and that we've been excited about all along more exciting even than the 10 cents and the alibaba's our theme has been again for quite some time now that china bears a lot of similarities to the us in the early 20th century the story we see is great companies with a competitive advantage using that competitive advantage to take market share and to keep reinvesting to do so, to keep growing. They start off taking market share against their local rivals and then initially beating, uh, after a while, and then beating back the foreigners. And then because of the sheer size of China, because it is a continental-sized economy, they can go on to become global leaders one day. This is, of course, exactly what the US companies did to the rest of the world In the 20th century but first i'm going to show you some golden rules some mantras that we have some of these are well known and some of these are in the textbook but the first is definitely not in any cfa exam and yet is so well known in the markets that i've made it rule number one now old rule number one passed down through the generations is don't fight the fed from the, this is from the days when the US was the undisputed number one in a unipolar world. In a core periphery model, markets were dependent on what the Fed did, said, or even was thought to have said or meant. And emerging markets were dependent on the US and therefore the Fed, some especially so. And everyone knew you don't fight the Fed, whether you're investing in US treasuries, uh, the property market, global equities, or emerging markets probably even more so. Now I would add today, don't fight Beijing. They're not irrational. They have an excellent track record. Now that doesn't mean they're infallible, but neither was the Fed. But you can lose a lot of money by going against them. So don't be right and poor. And here's an example uh, on these education names that I alluded to earlier. certain companies seem to add little to the world other than make money out of renting out tutors. Or maybe they were stripping out a management fee to pretend that their underlying business was non-profit. Now those businesses, those business models are now, let's call them challenged. They probably shouldn't really be listed anymore. China education by contrast, which is the share price that doesn't look so bad in this chart, has been hampered by a rising risk premium. There is definitely a higher regulatory risk premium now applied to this market cap, but it is still in business. It's still got a great business and still a good long-term future. So the lesson here is understand and invest in real businesses, understand the dynamic, understand where the real value creation is going on. And preferably go in those businesses that are that have got a win-win business model, that are helping the government or the regulator go you know, meet their objectives, that are meeting a genuine need in the market, whether that's applying investment or applying know-how or whatever. But moving on, old rule number two. Now this one, actually, this is actually in the textbooks. Look for businesses with real growth opportunities and making real returns on capital, or at least real cash flow, real operating cash that will generate high returns on invested capital at some point. Reinvesting is good, especially in China where there's great opportunities in a big market. And probably even better at the moment, let's make sure it's with the regulator because that looks good, they want you reinvesting. They want you adding something to the process. Also, back the winners. In emerging markets especially, we often only see one or two long-term winners in each area. Don't buy the cheap second best or the marginal player. They won't make long-term returns through the cycle. You always have to get your timing right. And we know that's a lot harder. There are companies that will be the future TSMCs and future Samsung Electronics. But let's talk about some different companies, shall we, rather than these two well-known winners. Look at this one. This is Longy Green and it is dominating the solar business. It's got huge scalability and it's really going for it. It is dominating its niche and it's driving many of its competitors to the margins. And while it spends more and more dollars in investment and capex each year, as a percentage of sales, this declines as sales soar. So operating cash flow and free cash flow as a percentage of sales suddenly surge. And that, of course, is very good for shareholders, but very good for customers as well. You can see here margins suddenly grow. Whizzing through to another one, cattle. Contemporary Amperex is the leading EV battery maker. And it's a similar story. CapEx is high. In dollar terms, they spend more and more because this is a a business where it's still growing really fast and you've got to become the dominant one quickly. But guess what? That's the Northeast Asian business model that they do so well. Sales are growing so fast as well, which means that even though CapEx is high, operating cash flow, which was always great, never lose sight of the operating cash flow, suddenly soars as a percentage of sales as this industry starts to oligopolize as the leaders start to dominate and the others can't keep up and of course eps is great the cash conversion cycle is very good one more quick example i'm going to throw in flat glass again another solar play is this going to be the next one on the list it's starting to look very similar isn't it lots of investment. And eventually, you beat your competitors back. They can't keep up. And you start to make the returns for your shareholders, their rewards. And there's one more here, my dear. It's not just the fast-growing, glamorous sectors. My dear is a world leader in kitchen appliances and air conditioners and so on. Look at those ratios. It's the same story again. Lots of investment, more than your competitors. You move further ahead and then you get the rewards. I wouldn't wanna compete with these companies. They're just becoming global leaders, and you probably haven't even heard of some of them. And that sort of brings me on to another old rule. Now this one is a bit lower down on the list, okay? This is not a law, but it's a pretty good clue. Many old market wags have said over the years, watch the stocks that are outperforming in a bear market. There's sometimes the market is telling you something, they might be the ones that lead in their next bull market. So what are these companies looking like? Oh, who'd have thought? Real growth in real businesses with strong competitive advantages, generating good cash flow, gives you a bull market. Here is Longy Green and Cattle Contemporary Amperex. It looks like a bull market to me. And here's Flat Glass and even dear Remember, this is just a kitchen equipment maker And there's a cluster of these in China, higher as well, and others that make air conditioning units and kitchen appliances and so on. And i told you, I really wouldn't want to compete with these companies as they start to go global. They're the biggest in the world now. Look at that share price chart. That's not a tech stock. And so that's it, really. I just want to focus on where everybody is now not willing to touch China and point out China does have real development issues. We've always known that. It's that the market sometimes forgets. But there is huge potential for Chinese companies to do to the world what the US companies did in the 20th century. But you've got to do your homework and make sure that you're investing with what the government wants, with what the economy needs. And I think there's still plenty of opportunities there. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. NetGroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit netgroupinvestments.co.za.